0: Welcome to Season 2 of Oots, or Out of the Studio, where we talk to graphic designers about what makes them tick, their favourite colours, and random interesting thoughts about baseline grids. Trust me, it's awesome. For the first episode of this season, we are at Winnipeg's Goodwill Social Club back in February of 2018 at the AGM, that's Annual General Meeting, for GDC, that's the Graphic Designers of Canada, uh, the Manitoba branch. We decided to do a live taping, not even in a studio, so Oots was Oots and in front of a small but energetic live audience with Oliver Oiki. Oliver is an instructor in the Department of Graphic Design at Red River College in Winnipeg where he has been teaching since 2012. In 2000, Oliver graduated with his Bachelor of Communication Design degree from Emily Carr University in Vancouver. Over the next 12 years, Oliver worked at agencies and studios in Vancouver and Winnipeg, at Praxis, DDB Canada, ManLab, producing work for clients like the Canadian Tourism Commission, TELUS, Bank of Montreal, Unilever, Sobeys, Travel Manitoba, the Virtual Museum of Canada, and Upper Fort Garry Heritage Park. For eight years, Oliver sat on the board of the Manitoba chapter of the Graphic Designers of Canada, GDC.net, first as Vice President and National Rep, and then as Chapter President from 2009 to 2013. He continues to volunteer with the GDC, organizing events like Pecha Kucha Night and sitting as a member of the National GDC Foundation Committee. By the way, I should have mentioned before today's podcast music is from DJ Lorem Ipsum, and my name is Leif Norman. See you at the end. Thanks a lot. All right, here we are in front of a live audience. Make some noise. <laughs> All right, I think the mics could pick that up. That's awesome. So here we are at the uh, the AGM for GDC at uh, the Goodwill uh, Social Club, and it sounds like uh, there's a band practice just above us that started just a second ago. <laughs> so well, you know we'll just soldier on. So I'm sitting here with Oliver Oike. double I like double O. Oh dear. I think double O is kind of amazing. Oh dear. Double O What is? What is? What is Oiky? Where's the, where's the family from? Um, the,
1: hef, the the ethnic heritage is, is Japanese. My father's Japanese. Fabulous. those. Yes. So, the, I I'm think
0: ha- possibly the coolest uh, country on the planet. Actually. I
1: would agree. I would list. agree. That's, Definitely. That's
0: right. That's a slam to the rest of the planet. <laughs> Sorry, everybody Screw else. Screw you, everyone else. <laughs> Japan rocks. Yes. Uh, so, what inspired you to go to school and actually, you know, study graphic design?
1: Uh, well, I kind of felt backwards into graphic design. I started out um, right after high school um, in the faculty of education thinking I was going to be a high school art teacher After a couple years of that, and a couple of interesting experiences in the uh, classroom with students, where I was mistaken as one of the students in the junior high, where I was a student teacher, um, I decided that maybe I wasn't quite ready to embark on a teaching career. And so I transferred from faculty of education into the, school of art at the well, u of m I,
0: I should just say for you know the podcast audience who can't hear and see uh, uh mr uh, oiki here looks like he's about 16 years old easy now uh, he is uh, very very uh very good skin very good <laughs> My skin God. on this man here i don't know what you're eating
1: thank you for coming everybody it's <laughs> been it's a like, great show
0: that's right just stroke your ego <laughs> Uh, what were you teaching? What were you planning on teaching in high
1: school? Yeah, I thought I was going to be an, uh, an art teacher. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah. So then, fell into fine arts. Discovered this thing called graphic design as a major, um, kind of by accident. Didn't really understand that people could tell the difference between typefaces. Um, it kind of <laughs> blew my mind at the they time. All the they all look the same. Um, they have names, it turns out, um, and. Kind of fell in love with graphic design. Started started out with my major in graphic design at the University of Manitoba with a photo undergrad or uh, sorry um, photo minor, and then after a couple of years at U of M, um, decided that I was going to um, go on a bit of an adventure and go out to B C for school. So, cool. transferred credits and ended up at the uh, um, Emily Carr University in Vancouver in uh, the fall right. of
0: 1998. So young, so young. <laughs> Emily Carr how was that experience?
1: That was fantastic. I mean the nice thing about it for me was that I had already accrued a bunch of credits at the U of M over the course of the first four years of university. Um, And so I got to transfer almost all of them and so I started at the beginning of the third year of the four-year program and I didn't have to complete a lot of the first-year courses which was great. So I kind of had an accelerated experience there and it was fantastic.
0: So you're a teacher now at Red River College?
1: Yes. Teaching uh, dance? I teach dance? No.
0: uh
1: (laughs) I could teach dance. I have two daughters in dance classes and I could teach dance. I won't
0: hip-hop or ballet? All of that. Okay. Yes. So you're teaching graphic design now at the Red River College back here in Winnipeg. Um, What's the transition like from, you know, uh, basically being a professional teaching, I mean not professional doing it, but What's the transit? Is it you have to change gears, mess with your head?
1: Yeah, so I, I'd i been in the industry for 12 years before I started teaching. And so I'd had a lot of experience working um, in lots of different capacities and lots of different studios with lots of different people, projects of all scales. Um, and you know, as you start to go through your, your career and start to develop relationships with people and ways of working, um, a lot of what you learn in school starts to turn into this kind of unwritten shorthand that you might have with the team that you work with, right? where. Um, you don't need to articulate your color choices as clearly
0: as you might when you're in school. But you, you do have to say why are you choosing that color blue to this student? Yeah, and they so just know.
1: yeah, and so when I when I started teaching, that was sort of the thing that really hit me in the face the hardest was the oh right, they don't know anything about this stuff yet. <laughs>
0: they have never even heard of Comic
1: Sans. They have a lot of them. Oh, have. They yeah, have. Okay. they come preloaded with Comic Sans jokes these days. Um, <laughs> But no, so I mean, the big change was dis- was sort of peeling back the layers and almost having to relearn the content myself in order to be able to deliver it to them in a way that was meaningful and. Um you know, understandable at the right what They they say
0: the the person who's learning the most in a classroom is the teacher because they have to really understand what they're laying out there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you try and make it look easy and effortless. But yeah, there's a lot of sweat behind the scenes as you try and plan things out in a way that's going to be effective for the students. So when you
0: were a student at Emily Carr, Mm -hmm. you know, that was, you said that was late 90s?
1: Uh, yeah, I graduated in 2000. So, right. yeah.
0: so there was a certain zeitgeist of a design. You know, I guess there was uh, certain fonts that were more popular or color schemes yep. or looks. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that changed to your, the, the kid, kids, quote-unquote kids, who are you teaching, uh, to, teaching now uh, about 20 years later?
1: Yeah, I remember being surprised having come from Winnipeg uh, at the U of M where we were learning software like we do nowadays as well. But um, Winnipeg was a freehand town. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so.
0: Oh, wait, you're, you're looking at the audience as if the, I thought that might have been a slam with the crowd of it.
1: I think we'll dust off a yeah. few of those people in the audience. I missed
0: it. Yeah. Oh, uh, when it I starts- landed
1: in Vancouver, it was a very clear cut illustrator town. And so, um, for whatever reason, that's just the way it was. Um, so,
0: so, so, is it? Is it, it. Was Vancouver. They thought they were better than Winnipeg,
1: right? You I know don't know. <laughs> I won't say. No, I mean, in terms of. Trends and styles, yeah of course things come and go. We have students coming into the program now who are extremely um, visually um, literate, as opposed to maybe when I was coming up in, in school. Like I said, I didn't recognize the difference between typefaces. Okay. We have students coming into the program who you know, are very fluent in some of these things um, already. And so it's about how do we then apply a layer of context and understanding and meaning to the stuff that they're learning so that it, they can articulate their thinking a little bit more clearly
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Instagram has taught me as a photographer to mm-hmm. be so visually literate so quickly now. Right. Or you know, simple things like sort of MTV video editing, uh, the the fast mm-hmm. video editing stuff. Just uh, people are and, so much more tuned. Yeah. And the
1: students. I mean, the these these younger students are are able to mimic and able to you know sort of reflect back what they're seeing, right? In, in this very, very quick rapid fire kind of way. And so what we try and do now is bring a bit of meaning to that and ask them, okay, well, why are you doing it that way and how are you communicating your ideas? And, right. so you just know, can you explain what's going on here? And right. so that's where the fun is for that's me. That's cool. Yeah.
0: So do you, do you, in your spare time, when you're not marking papers, uh, do you do some design on the side? Are you still getting hired, getting I do
1: I do a little bit of work on the side, yeah. yeah. So I have relationships with people that I used to work with in the past, generally. And, you know, it's just the odd thing here and there. I'm not, I, I'm not pounding the pavement looking for work. So it's kind of a nice little perk that happens from time to time. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's... Helps,
1: you know, just keeps the muscles work, working out a little bit. And it just sort of forces you to think about your work in a different way again, which is nice.
0: Yeah, because you've got to stay you know, got to stay fresh. You can't just sit back and, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, cool. so yeah, and, and I, try, I try and be as um, honest with myself as possible, of the, like the, the skills that I do have and the skills that I don't have, right? And so if I have an opportunity to learn something um, that I don't know, I'm going to try and take that opportunity, so.
0: So how, how do you have to keep your, your students inspired, or, or are they already fired up by <laughs> apps, <laughs> apps? Like, <laughs> I'm, that's my impression of trying to be a grumpy old man. <laughs> S-
1: students come in all yeah, no students come in all um, shapes and sizes. They have varying levels of interest in the subject matter.
0: On, <laughs> so you're at making it sound like their parents are, par- their parents are pointing. Their parents are, are forcing them to, to go to class and they you know you've got to go get some well, secondary education and they don't want to be there.
1: I'm sure there are some where that's the case. <laughs> they have self-selected into the courses, so you assume that they are coming with a bit of intrinsic kind of motivation to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean time of day, day of the week, number of assignments that are pending, you know, all of that plays into the tone and the atmosphere and the mood of the classroom on any given day and at any right. given time. So you kind of have to come in and read the room and see where they're at and kind of adjust on the fly if you can. So what,
0: so there's various different types of assignments throughout the year, obviously. Yep. What What's their favorite assignment?
1: Um, I can tell you what their favorite assignments are not. Uh, what, what they <laughs> don't enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it, I teach the first first year course it's called design one and uh-huh. it's the basics it is the principles and elements of design right perspective, perspective goal all ratio all of that good that stuff, stuff right, right, and right. so the first semester of that first year most of the exercises are very hands-on mm-hmm. and we don't touch the computer
0: and they hate that a little bit okay <laughs> where's um, the
1: most <laughs> yeah so a lot of that work is kind of, there's a multi-layered reason behind why we do it that way, right? Yes, of course, we want them to to be able to learn and understand these principles and elements and see them as the foundation of what they do. But secondly, we use these um, sort of um, hand-rendered, away-from-the-computer kind of exercises as a way of um, building up their tolerance (laughs) for the amount of work that they're going to be um, right, experiencing
0: of, over the next two years. Lots of uh, drawing and erasing and drawing Craftsmanship and is really
1: important. Yeah. Uh, building up a, a sense of grit and stick-to-itiveness and, you know, happy accidents and right. and things like that. And so we've sort of imposed the design process on them, um, the way that the, the assignments are structured so that they they can't just skip ahead to the end.
0: Right, so they hate they hate that kind of like old-fashioned grinding of, you like, that I don't, the think, that nec- I don't think they necessarily or, hate it, but... Well, I'm putting be- words in their
1: mouth. Yeah, no, I, don't, I wouldn't say they hate it. I think they find it to be a challenge, for yeah. sure, uh, to slow themselves down, yeah. to be more deliberate, to try a lot of different variations of an idea when they think maybe they've already right. achieved the, uh, the solution that they want to pursue. Right. Um, but I think it's important for them to establish that habit of, of um, research, ideation, exploration at the beginning of a
0: project so that they don't just get
1: into the habit of jumping to the computer and starting to push things around. Right.
0: Yeah, but I still want to know... Their, what their fa- is their favorite assignment like designing a menu for a restaurant that doesn't exist or?
1: We do a fun assignment in the first year, first, with the first, uh, first semester of the first years where they need to um, do these very really interesting abstracted typographic explorations. Uh, we, they y- use their initials from their names. And they oh, have to, cool. yeah, so they have to achieve um, symmetry and asymmetry and they take their the letter forms, they get to choose from a, a collection or a handful of typefaces, and then they have to explore those uh, relationships, playing with positive and negative, uh, figure-ground relationships, and exploring some more of those principles and elements of uh, symmetry and asymmetry. And they love that when we it's all black and white, they have to hand paint them with the gouache gouache is probably the thing that they like the least um, oh yeah and then at the end of the of the assignment uh, we mount all of them in the gallery at the school um, and it's really cool because there are you know upwards of 90 of these and so they can go floor to ceiling edge to edge wall to wall you walk into this room so of black imposing. and white type yeah it's pretty it's a pretty fun experience for them
0: that's really cool mm-hmm. so you were talking about changes in the industry uh, do you, do you know what other design schools are doing are doing? Was, was that something that you would sort of know or are we kind of stuck alone here in Winnipeg and and knowing what Red River's doing but maybe not quite yeah. knowing what's going on across the country?
1: No, I wouldn't know how to, I wouldn't know what to talk about about other colleges or other universities. Um, yeah. There has been a, a, a sh- sort of a shift in the college model a little bit over the last few years where some colleges that were primarily two and three year programs in the past, and this happened in BC a few years ago, they sort of um, leveled up to university um, degree-granting status, so they became four-year programs. But colleges in general have been undergoing constant change, and um, the way that they deliver their courses, the way that they organize them, and and give students different entry and exit points in and out, so you're not in for a four-year thing. You could kind of start with a one-year certificate, maybe add on a two-year diploma to that, then add on an advanced certificate,
0: to turn so it into flexi- a degree. It's flexibility in the, in the final product as opposed to maybe like how you're getting there. The yeah,
1: it. I think that just seems to be the um, the trend at, at the college level. I don't know what the university system is like, because that's a how, kind how of different. How did you find
0: the difference between Emily Carr and uh, what was going on in Winnipeg?
1: Yeah, so Emily Carr, was a it's a degree-granting program. They also have a master's program that they just started about five years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, you know, Content wise. Content wise. there like
0: a teaching style difference? Do they attach attack different sub- uh, subjects totally differently or.
1: Could you tell? It was a long
0: time <laughs> so ago. Was like, oh, 20 um, years ago, I'm so sorry.
1: No, but I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it's much different now at Emily Carr than it was when I was there in 2000, right? right. Um, but I mean, it is a four-year degree, and it is sort of in the humanities field at the same time as being focused on design. So there were more electives options, whereas okay. our students at the diploma program, they don't have electives. Yeah. They get what they get, and yeah. they kind of steam through the program as a group, right? right, right. Um, so there was, there's less of an opportunity for our students to specialize in one specific area. I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, we'd love to be able to offer that to them. But my experience was where we would have our core set of co- courses that we took, but then we also got to sort of spread out across the, college, or across the university and kind of fill in the gaps with stuff that we were more interested in, so. OK. Yeah.
0: And now it's time for a nerdy interlude. When the Apollo 11 astronauts landed on the moon in July of 1969, they left behind a stainless steel plaque that says, we came in peace for all mankind. And the typeface used on it was Futura. So what do you think takes more creative energy, being a designer or being a design instructor?
1: (sighs) Okay. That's, it's different. It's, it's, it's nuanced. It, so as a designer, as a designer, in, for me personally, as a designer, um, I found myself focused on a couple of things. It was um, craftsmanship, like my own sense of developing my, my craft as a practitioner of design, things that I was interested in. Um, and also being a, much more tuned to, to what was going on around me directly, like within the office that I was working in, right? And so the people that were in that office and the team that I was working with and the clients that I was working for, um, that was my main concern. And so it was a little bit more um, narrow of a, of a scope to some degree, right? Now as an instructor, um, as an instructor, I feel the emotions and the, the, the the energy of my students and i have 40 first year students and or sorry 40 second year students and 20 first year students and it sometimes it can feel like you're an art director for for 40 different projects all at the same time right <laughs> and so you have students coming to you you know with the status of their current assignment and you're you know you kind of lean across the table and say i'm sorry i don't remember what your what your project is about can you please explain it to me and they look at me like how, How could, could you, you not know I'm what my project is? We've talked about it five times. Here. Yeah, <laughs> And I'll say, I'm sorry, can you please just explain it to me one more time? Um, so in terms of creativity, it's different. Like, the, I, I find the, the most creative part of the job that I do as an instructor now is devising assignments and program and course, course outlines for my classes, right? How do I achieve you know all the outcomes and the objectives that i want to have for the students through these different assignments that i'm creating and so the assignments and then the briefing of those assignments and then the ongoing um feedback and status meetings and things that we have with the students mimics a little bit of that creative process that you would have in the studio setting but it's a it's a it's kind of a more diverse beast i guess yeah with with a with, um, I guess, like, um, the students are obviously less experienced than a a designer that you'd be working with at a studio. And so you kind of have to filter your commentary and your feedback and how you nudge them along differently than you would if you were in an art direction role at a studio, probably, right? So... Makes sense. Yeah, it's
0: fun. What's your favorite color?
1: Yes. Um... (laughs) It's all relative.
0: That's <laughs> to, the thing that we hammer home yeah,
1: in, in uh, first year, second semester, first year, we talk about color, and Joseph Albers says all color is relative, right? So, you know, you see one color. It looks one way against one color, but it looks completely different against a second color, and so yeah.
0: it's all relative. I've but noticed that lately when neutral, you go into... Neutral. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he's some, You can have any neutral.
1: color you want as long as it's black
0: it's and sometimes steep, red. Very Steve Jobs of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Newer houses are getting built now. I've noticed grey is the new beige. Is anyone else? Yeah, I'm getting a lot of nods. You know, you would see you go into a house or a condo or something in the 90s, or even maybe even six years ago, and things were pretty beige, and now everything is just just a, gr- a gray, gray and gray carpets and gray walls and it's but the
1: throw pillows will really make it pop then,
0: then oh. a, you get an amethyst throw pillow that's right <laughs> just that, and you can change
1: the- that every year when Pantone brings out See- their color seasonally, forecast mm-hmm.
0: seasonally you change it mm-hmm. it's the Christmas time Easter that's right anyway <laughs> so how do you how do you inspire yourself to, to go in do you need to like psych yourself up to get in into uh, teacher mode on a cold winter morning or
1: something? No, I'm always so very, very excited to get up and show up at the college at 745 in February.
0: Do you have to get the venti latte or what?
1: Well, no, I mean, my my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. pretty much seven days a week. So it's just the way it is. Well, you Um, have kids, you said. I have kids, yeah. And so, um, no, I mean, of course, you're going to have days where you are driving. Like I drive into work, so I'm driving into work, and I'm sort of psyching myself up for that first class right. during that drive. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Do you, do you live in Gimli or something? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I live in Thunder Bay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a good, a good it's a commute. Yeah, the
0: property tax yeah, is really cheap. Yeah, it Thunder is. Bay. It's great.
1: <laughs> no, um, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, we're all human, right? That's and great. so there are good days and bad days. But I mean, for the most part. Um, I'm so excited about the content, most of the time, that I try, and, um, I try and just bring that right to the surface with the students, even if it makes me look kind of like a dad sometimes. Um, you know, I try and make sure that they um, know how much I'm interested in the content and I want them to be equally excited about it, and so um, I'm, I'm never, I never stop you know, looking for, for stuff, for resources, for, you know, things that I could connect to an assignment, you know, um, I'll send students emails late at night, oh, I found this thing that you need to, you know, you need to see this, you oh, know? That's and, great. and so I try and, I try and um, model that behavior so that they, um, they see it as something that they should also try
0: and achieve. That's, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been a teacher in the past too and I would get really excited about chemistry. Yeah. And then there's always one kid in the back puts his hand up and says, is this, is this going to be on the test? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you want to kill them. Because <laughs> it's really, really interesting, but it's not necessarily on the test. So.
1: Yes, I get very excited about things like the baseline grid. Oh, Ooh. do you have to explain the baseline
0: grid in under 30 seconds for our podcast listeners? The,
1: ba- the baseline grid is a... Now, now you put the pressure oh boy, on. on the we we can edit. Now. We can edit all of this out, right? This can no. be
0: no. Well, actually, no. Maybe Evan will have to put a, an article about this in the blog. Is what Evan's going right. to do.
1: Right. <laughs> Think of the baseline grid as the structure, the skeleton that sits underneath of the layout, and it is usually tied directly to the type and the typesetting of the document. In this case, a print document, and so you use the baseline grid to set a vertical and a horizontal rhythm in a layout, okay. and um, it's something that students tend to resist because it requires just a tiny bit of extra time at the beginning of the the design process, but especially in the case of a magazine or some sort of document that has ongoing or ever-changing content, it's one of those tools that once it's been established and set, becomes something that you can lean on heavily to help you make better decisions and more efficient decisions about where something should land in a
0: layout. Right. It brings cohesiveness to the whole thing. Right. Right. I got it. See, beautiful. I got it right there. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You just, I see, I, under, <laughs> I don't know anything about the baseline grid, and you just, I got it. That's right. awesome. So what do you do that has nothing to do, something that you love that has nothing to do with design? Nothing. You, you're not, what? <laughs> well, you, yeah, I mean, you're a dad. So besides that, I mean, do you jog? Do you like to go fishing?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean... I I, um, I exercise. I try and keep in shape. Um, run, do other sorts of things. Fitness. I have um, the most handsome dog, Max, who is on Instagram constantly. What type, what type of dog? He's just a mutt. he's,
0: oh, he's, just, he's yeah, just a handsome mutt.
1: a very very handsome boy, All right. and uh, he he keeps me uh, entertained. We go on walks together, and um, I listen to my design podcast. So when I said nothing, I mean everything eventually.
0: Comes back to design?
1: Filters back through the design. Okay. Something I'll see on my walk will irritate me about something signage. Okay, so or besides
0: this podcast, which I know you you listen to regularly always. and you subscribe to, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, What other design podcasts could you uh, pimp right now?
1: Uh, if you don't listen to 99% Invisible, that's an easy that's one. That's a good one. Low-hanging fruit. Um, Song Exploder.
0: Oh, I haven't heard of that one yet.
1: Yeah, it's, an, it's a fantastic uh, podcast where in each episode, a musician takes apart... A song of theirs and explains how and why it was made. Oh. So it has nothing to do with graphic design, but it has everything to do with the creative process, and it's a fantastic um, podcast. Um, yeah, I listen to a lot of design, or sorry, um, tech nerd kind of podcasts, the accidental tech podcast, um, things like that. So
0: cool. yeah. All right. So we're just wrapping up now. I'm going to give this opportunity for the audience to yell out a question that we should ask. Anyone? No. Oh boy, they're they're they they're loud but shy, this audience here in Winnipeg. I'm editing this part out <laughs> <up> for sure. <laughs> what's your favorite font? Uh,
1: Sorry, typeface. What's your
0: favorite typeface? Why is okay? Why is font bad? You have to say typeface, not font. What's the difference? Come on, teach. Oh man.
1: <laughs> so remember back when I said that you have to relearn everything in order to articulate it. So, um, the typeface is the design, the 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 designed look of the of the letter forms. Okay. The font is the um, cut instance of that typeface. So you'd have a font of type. Am I explaining this correctly? Generally. It's like a weight. Yeah, it's like a weight. So. <gasps> You might have a, a thin, a medium, a regular, bold, extra bold, black, okay. those are all fonts of a typeface.
0: Okay. Font of a typeface.
1: Please correct me if I am wrong. There's, there's so many Future people listeners listening of this on,
0: their, uh, on their podcast uh,
1: Many designers across podcast the land shaking right their heads. Out, like, who ah, lets this person teach? Walking
0: their dog out in the forest going, who is this guy? <laughs> so, uh, so what, your answer is italics?
1: <laughs> I don't have any favorite typefaces. Um, the, students, the students always roll their eyes at me because most of the time my answer to a question is it depends. Um, it depends, so it depends on the intention of the piece that we're working on, it depends on the audience, it depends on the functional requirements of the thing that we're working on. Um, of course I'd have favorite choices within different categories or situations. Um, I love me a good slab serif. Good slab serif. Good slab serif. All yeah, right. nice chunky slab serif. Um,
0: like, what's a what's a good chunky slab serif? Well, cl- I guess uh, Clarendon
1: is kind of the old school standard. Clarendon, okay. Yeah. Um, what have I used recently? Than times. Much much chunky. Much chunky. than yeah. Times. Yeah.
0: Um, bank Gothic. That's I don't really know Bank Gothic. Wide. Yeah. It's like, I think it's I think it's a fake. It, our font, fonts are um, our typefaces are can have sort of be bastardized, right? People sort of steal them and then. They don't really change so much and they put different names on them is that correct yes yeah so then i may be speaking a different language <laughs> haven't you heard of this one and yeah then it's bs right sure.
1: yeah i don't know bank gothic
0: it's an it's in the apple thing oh, It's in one the of apple the universe default systems okay. yeah it just comes there i you know i use it every once in a while last question okay final embarrassing question okay. how do you keep so young <laughs>
1: I don't feel young. <laughs> um, no, I, I, don't, I don't know.
0: <laughs> you don't know? This, that was a That was a I exercise. A I exercise. A of, oh, we, we messed up. Okay, we need one final pop, good pop of a question to end it on, because that one, that one, I didn't feel satisfied with that. Wait, I, maybe you asked me a question.
1: Well, you said you um, were a chemistry
0: yeah. teacher. Well, I, I taught chemistry in university. Okay. I thought... Well, first of all, I was actually going to be in art school. Okay, I got into U of M Fine Arts, I put in my portfolio, I got accepted and then I went to Toronto and talked to some art students and they were laughing about how they weren't going to pay back their student loans because they were going to de- declare bankruptcy. Oh, boy. And so then on the spot, on the sidewalk, right by Spadina or whatever I was, I said, that's it, I'm not going to art school and then a few years later I went and I got a, uh, a degree in chemistry because I thought, oh yeah, that's a real that's a real hard science, that's not just like being a fine art you know, <laughs> loser or something. And I, I thought, yeah, I could be a chemist and I wanted to teach high school. but. It's even teaching first year university is kind of like babysitting a little bit. I discovered it's a little tough. It's it, the kids were not really interested in, like I said, they're like, "Is this going to be on the exam?" Right. And I'm talking about crystals and amazing stuff and trying to, you know, really be Isaac Newton for them, and they were right. not oh, yeah. interested. Right. So, it broke my heart a little bit. And now I'm a photographer.
1: So how did it, how did photography come into the
0: I just all through university I was just okay. being a photographer mm-hmm. and I very slowly ramped up. I never even went to school for photography. Mm-hmm. I took a couple of courses at Red River actually. There you go. A couple of the weekend courses. I didn't even do the, the full like they've got a full program. I right. didn't even do that. Right. And I just made so many mistakes that I eventually learned and now I bought a house and a car and I'm a photographer. Hey, nice it's so- <laughs> great. And with that I guess we'll end. Oh, Oh, Carson, wait, has we got his, one. Carson, Carson has Carson okay, Yes sir.
1: Any and how about a design
0: Okay, design heroes and a design mentor.
1: Design mentor? Yeah. Um, I the first job that I had um, I got hired at a place called Praxis Corporate Communications in Vancouver. Um, the owner of that business was named Roberto Docile and he is a designer and educator in Vancouver. Um, Roberto was one of my favorite people um, ever coming up, and so not only did I get to enjoy him as a professor at school, but then he hired me, and I got to work for him for a couple of years at his at his studio, yeah. And Roberto had a great um, approach to, to life, and he had a great... Um, approach to design, he's a fantastic designer, very thoughtful, th- thoughtful guy and kind of took care of us really well at the studio. So I always like to talk about Roberto because he's one of those people that made a big mark on my, on my life in terms of how to conduct yourself as a professional and as a designer um and so we actually had to we actually brought him out here i brought him out here i was the one that kind of pushed for him uh in 2004 for the blue sky conference that we had so any excuse that you can get to bring the people who you like to town you take and uh and so we had him here and he did a talk at the millennium center for that um blue sky conference 2004. Um, design heroes there are many um john maida is one who i who i look up to a lot he is a um Um, Japanese designer, um, was the head of the MIT Media Lab in the 90s um, in the States, um, and has over the years done things like, um, he was president of the Rhode Island School of Design for a few years, a few years back. Now he works for Automatic, the people that um, produce WordPress, and he's sort of an evangelist for those guys and kind of travels around and talks about design in very high, sort of high abstract kind of ways. incredible designer back in the 90s when he was you know sort of working much more hands-on but just a very thoughtful guy
0: and john Maeda, uh, john Maeda, yeah very cool we'll yeah. try to put some links uh links to him on the on the blog as well mm-hmm. all right cool i think that's a fantastic uh, place to end thank you very much oliver
1: thank you very much for having me <laughs>
0: This has been a production by GDC Manitoba, Andrew Boardman, Evan Coos, and me, Leif Norman. Music for Oots has been supplied by DJ Lorem Ipsum. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I hope we all learned something.